You're listening to Pros Like Us, brought to you by NFL Draft Blitz. And now, without any further ado, here's Alex and Lou. That's right, gang. We are back and better than last week, we hope. Let's go straight to our guest. He's an All-American offensive lineman for Culver Stockton College, the Wildcats, and they're in Canton, Missouri. He's the pride of Wonder Lake, Illinois, number 78, Andrew Rupsich. Welcome to Pros Like Us, Andrew. How you doing? I'm doing well. How about you guys? Doing okay. I like to get started, kind of uh, get some background on players. Especially when you first started playing, you know? I mean, what was the first position you played that you can remember? So, I was a little weird. So, I started off as, like, an undersized, more offensive lineman when I first started my first year. But I also, on the side, like, I went and played seven-on-seven football on, like, the side, too. (laughs) It's funny. I didn't tell my dad at first. Like, I kind of just started going. And being a part of that and, like, the flag football side of it. And I played safety. So I played, like, safety and offensive line all during, like, one time. So what was that like? What did you take, I guess, from playing safety to the offensive line? Well, a lot of it, like, just seeing the whole field kind of thing. You see the whole field. And then bringing that offensive line, you kind of gauge what those guys do. Because I could tell my tendencies when I was playing it. Even at an early age, you still have tendencies. And you kind of just bring all that stuff over you know what the defense is kind of going to do. How old were you at this point? Um, I would say I was it was early, and so I was like third grade is when I think it was. All right, so that was that was very early on. That's well, I, cool that you yeah, get to play I, other positions. Yeah, and I like fluctuated throughout my career, like getting into like my middle school years. I played uh, linebacker and moved into D line, and then. And then just shuffled around the whole offensive line throughout growing up. And even at one point, I played kicker my sophomore year of high school, which was pretty funny. Sweet. What position did you play in high school, Andrew? So I shuffled around a lot. My freshman year, I primarily played D-line. I played left guard at first. And then my sophomore year, I moved to right tackle. And then I played D-line. And I also was our place kicker, our kickoff specialist. And then my junior year, I played the left tackle strictly and my senior year I played left tackle strictly as well were you a pretty decent kicker back in high school I mean I was a toe basher we were one of those teams that didn't have one so it was just like hey we're gonna have a tryout and I just I beat everybody else on the tryout let's just say we didn't we didn't kick too many deep field goals it was if it was anything it was 15 and under or just the PATs were you like heavily undersized back in high school Weight-wise, I think so, going into, like, my senior year. I came into my senior year at 265, so, like, weight-wise, I was always around that 220 range. And then my junior year and senior year is kind of where I saw that big bump. What was the secret to your diet out there? I mean, what was the the plan that you were able to uh, gain so much mass? Well, a lot of it was I played three sports in high school, so I was always busy all the time doing all that. So I didn't have, like, a lot of the time I the weight room was always pushed behind because I had to do everything else. And once I, like, really bought it into the weight room is when it, like, when you started really seeing those differences. So what other sports did you play? Did you play soccer, baseball, basketball? What did you do? Um, I did basketball, and then I threw in the shot and disc. 
how did track and field and then basketball help you as as an offensive lineman? Well, basketball, a lot of the quick feet, footwork actions, the side movement. I've always taken that part of basketball, keeping myself between. Like, so I always think of it as the defensive end is like the dude with the ball, and I'm playing defense and the basket, like keeping that line. So that's always something that's correlated very heavily for me. And then for the shot put and disc, a lot of the hip movement, like the hip power, hip thrust, and all that kind of always correlated over too. Were you like heavily under-recruited, like severely under-recruited? I mean, tell us your story coming out of high school. So coming out of high school, to be honest, I messed up a little bit. My dad always told me, he said, get C's and I'll stay off your back. And I took that to heart. I went through all, basically, until my junior year of high school, just sitting around that 2-3 GPA range. By the time I got it up, a lot of those like Division One programs I was talking to had their roster spots filled. So, and it was only like a couple, like the local ones, Missouri, Illinois type of action, that area. So once I realized that wasn't going to happen right away, I didn't want to go the walk-on route. I didn't want to go the JUCO route. I wanted to go to a college. I'd be there for four years. So I went around. Still, I didn't get a lot of teams very interested. I had a couple of D3 teams, a D2 team up in, uh, in Winona State, and then a bunch of the schools on my conference. And I kind of went around those. And I kind of just went where it felt like home, where I know I could impact right away. All right, so you end up at Culver Stockton. And as I mentioned at, at the top, it's in Canton, Missouri. Again, I mean, we're not telling any secrets here. I mean, most of our listeners probably aren't going to know anything about Culver Stockton College. So, uh, Andrew, could you describe the place and kind of what made it the best place for you? Well, it's a very small school. We have an enrollment of about like 1,000 kids, or give or take around there. So it's a very small school in a very small town. The town is about 2,000 people deep. We have a campus that's built up on a hill right on the Mississippi River. We have the Amish around, so that's always fun to see. You see the Amish riding around their horse and buggies. So it's just a very small town, home-type feeling. It's just a giant family atmosphere down there, and I like that's something I always believe in. Family comes first, and I wanted to have that family atmosphere that they were creating down there in Camp, Missouri. You mentioned that the, from the get-go, you were looking for a place to stay for four years. I guess as you progressed and got better and were you know, being voted All-American, were there opportunities maybe to make a move to a bigger school? I definitely think there was opportunities if I wanted to take it, to be honest. My size, my ability, I could have done and went and done that from basically my sophomore year going out. I could have gone and tried to transfer but I grew to really love the place, and I figured I was feeling, hearing, like, success stories, and I was like, if I'm here, if I'm good enough, they'll, they'll come find me. I'll get my chance at the next level if I'm good enough. Just so happens I'm in that position today. So that's why I never left. You stay, right? What are some of the challenges of playing at the NAIA level? Challenges? I feel like compared to, like, the big schools, like, that the NAIA level, it's your student first, obviously. And I don't want to say they won't like to work around the classes, but it's like during the hours of 8 to 3.30 during the day, that's your class time. They're not going to, we're not going to have practice during that time. We're not going to move in. So just battling that, that later practices and then adjusting because it's a small school. So in the fall, we have the soccer teams, lacrosse team tries to get in every once in a while, us. So then just sharing that field with everybody because small school, you're not going to have multiple fields. And so the biggest thing is just the time management, the schedule comp, 
Netflix and all that was the biggest thing. Training table, the facilities. I mean, I'm, I'm yeah. sure you have friends that have played at, at larger universities or I guess financially able to do these things, uh, universities. What did you hear from them that you said, wow, that really would have helped? One of my good friends out of high school, he went to UNT, uh, North Carolina. So just seeing like all the, like the access they had to like, like correct nutrition, like we had athletic training, but our athletic training room was like everybody. We had to go to the cast just like everyone else. It was kind of one of those things where I saw he was getting like that essentially special treatment away from the other students. And it was just like, wow, I wish I could have that. Just the nutrition level, I think, has been the biggest change for me since I've gotten down here and started training is that nutrition and getting everything, fueling my body the correct way, which has been helping so much. You know, off air, I guess you're at Exos. How's that going? What's that experience like? It's very hectic. So down here, we have a schedule. I'm down at Exos from about 8 a.m. to about 4.30 every day, give or take on the day. They provide all my meals. They provide all my like protein shakes, all my nutrition stuff. So that's been really easy transition for me to get here and have all that at my fingertips, all the physical therapy sessions and all that. That's been awesome to have and something I didn't, haven't had my whole career. That's been the awesome part and just getting adjusted to living on my truly on my own and uh, basically allowing for my life to be just focused in on football has been really nice. So your training in Texas at Exos, why did you pick that facility? When I signed with my agency, they kind of, they didn't tell me where I had to go. They kind of gave me a guideline of where they usually send people. I know Exos is one of the bigger names inside of draft combine like programs. So I know that was one of the routes I wanted to go. And really it came down to Phoenix Exos and Dallas Exos. And my grandparents actually live here in Waco so they're not too far along with my aunt uncle I have a couple friends in the area I figured coming down here would make it a little easier of a transition of being on my own since I have so many people nearby that I could reach out to if I needed anything how do you think they're going to make you better I mean you mentioned nutrition they've got an individual program designed for you what do you think is going to be the biggest improvement uh, moving forward at this training facility (laughs) Um, one of the biggest things like I hit on nutrition wise, it's just, I see the results already. It's already transforming my body, fueling my body with the right things at the right time and all the things I need. I'm starting to trim down on the fat that I have in the gut area, which I was never too big of a person anyway, but I'm changing that into muscle. So that's been a big thing. And they are just so focused on like the little things, the technique, the form, Brenton. He very likes the model of getting like that 1% better every day kind of aspect. But he uses it as in a term of like the like the 40s and everything. Get 0.1 tenth of a second better every day. And if you miss that, you're not going to make those up. So I think that's been a big thing. And overall, I'm just learning a bunch of tips and techniques-wise, especially in the weight room and on the field work that I never knew about. And that's been helping me shoot up a lot. Andrew, who is your individual coach out there at Exos? It's not an individual, really. It's a whole, basically, team. There's a team for the strength portion, which is Jordan. We have Brenton Calloway, who's the head guy down there. So he does all the speed work, pretty much the change of direction, 40s, 5'10", 5s, all those. Noel does our nutrition. And then I've been working a lot with a lady named Shannon, who's my PT, and then off to the side, I've gone down to this place called Mar Strength, where Chad Mar, 
he's been helping me develop my body as like a using it all as one piece instead of different part pieces of a puzzle. What do you do to unwind? Obviously, different facilities do um, different things. So obviously, you guys are going to do drills, strength training. Are you guys doing yoga or pool work, or you're going to do both? To unwind, really, we I know every Wednesday we have a regen session, and essentially. The regen session is just trying to regenerate everything that's been going on in our bodies all the week. It's heavily focused on like form technique of stretching and getting all the, the nitty gritty stuff out of our bodies. And it just so happens I also have my massages on Wednesday. So that's always something nice to have. So I have my regen go straight into my massage. And that really helps me just like I get that hour in my massage just to unwind and relax. And that's been really nice for me. How much weight have you gained in these couple of weeks that you've been there? Um, luckily, I've I've been really consistent on, on my weight. I've been I fluctuate about five pounds every day, but I go from like I'm sitting around three twenty two to like three seventeen right now, and it kind of fluctuates just based on my water intake of the day, my hydration. But overall, I can see just in my body form of the like my stomach basically getting a little smaller, the fat my face getting a little skinnier and just the muscular like aspect just you can see the the little growth in just the small three weeks i've been here you mentioned earlier in the interview that you felt like they will find me at culver stockton you know if i was good enough and they certainly did but when was the moment you realized that you can have a real shot at the nfl level i think the real like the eye-opening moment was definitely my coach talked about all the time. He was like, Hey, like these guys are going to start coming in, just be ready. So I'm always thinking, ah, whatever. He's just shooting crap sometimes, you know, but it was when that first NFS scout came in and he took all my measurements is when I kind of realized like, Hey, this is actually going to start happening. And then when we got back in the fall, all those guys just coming in during our fall camp of like the Ravens came in first then the Bengals and like down the list, Almost all 32 teams came, and that's when it was just, like, very eye-opening, like, hey, this is happening. Was the first scout that came in, was that Blesto? I can't remember. It was out of the Chiefs organization, their scout. I'm sure Lou is, is going to be happy hearing that. The Chiefs discovered you. I mean, he's, he's a huge fan, and he loves offensive linemen. I can't believe we're 20 minutes in, and this is the first mention of the Chiefs. I, I'm ashamed. I should have done better. Sorry. Yeah, the Chiefs were the first team to come in, and they came in multiple times. They came in about, I think, four or five times. It showed a lot of interest. What were your measurements back then? The the height, the weight, and what's your arm length, what's your hand size? I mean, can you give those out? I know for height and weight, I think it was measured wrong, to be honest, because when I've gotten measured since back down here at Exos, on like the professional ones, I've been at 6'6", but I was at like 6'5", just barely when I was at school in the spring can't remember the rest of it to be honest i didn't think about it too much we just did re-measurements down here at exos the other day and they're going to send those to us within the next couple days of showing us our ideal weights and stuff like that what's your goal i mean do you want to get up to like 325 or you're comfortable at like 317 322 range so i've played at multiple weights i went in my so my true junior year at um I played there at about 315. I liked that for the most part. COVID hit, went home, came back my senior year at about 345-ish. And I knew that's not where I wanted to be. So I took 
the whole last year and whole last summer going into my redshirt senior year to kind of trim down to a weight I like. I got down to like 330, felt a little more need to be lost. So I've been sitting around that 325, 320 mark for a while now. I think that's the ideal weight for me, to be honest. I move the best there. I feel like I'm the most explosive there. All right, what do you think is the most important trait for an offensive lineman to possess? I, I, I think it's got to be physicality. Physicality has got to be one of the biggest traits you got to have as an offensive lineman because you're in charge of moving somebody, playing and play out, and if you don't have that physicality, it's really going to affect your ability to, to move that guy. Andrew, what's the biggest misconception out there about offensive linemen in general? Um, I think the biggest misconception is that uh, that we're not athletic, essentially. I feel like that's got to be the biggest thing because there's a lot of dudes I know out here that get up there and they can dunk, they can do this and that. They're some of the most athletic dudes I know. So that's just been the biggest thing, that we're not unathletic dudes just because we're big. How athletic are you? Where do you stand? Can you dunk a basketball? I think I'm pretty athletic for my size. I, uh, I can dunk a basketball, all that fun stuff. I move pretty well. All right, so well, we're just watching the NFL game with some of these zone running schemes and so forth. Obviously, you got to be pretty quick to you know make the first block, get up to the second level. You see some of these guys, Lane Johnson. These guys are tremendous athletes, so I, I certainly agree with you there. Now, again, the offensive line, it's hard for just, the, I guess, the casual fan to say, okay, you're going to look at some stats. Oh, this guy does this, this guy does that. You guys don't really have stats. But does your position coach keep stats, if you would? Yeah, so our uh, coach, Chase, he's my offensive coordinator and my offensive line coach this year, and he did keep the stats of what essentially what they call pancakes, but we call them knockdowns. Essentially, every time he got a knockdown, he marked it up on our grading sheets, and I think I averaged what we talked about, about 9.6 is what he calculated at the end of the year, with the highest being 16, and I think the lowest was like 7 or something like that. How did that compare to your line mates? Um, for the most part, they we all got to show the stats. And if I had kind of an off, like not an off game, but a lower game with all my pancakes, you could definitely see we struggled in our like we always had a goal coming into each week. And if I didn't hit some of like above average tenders that I was hitting, it, we definitely most of the time did not hit our marks. Was there like goals or incentives for particular things and? Did you hit him? Really, uh, the biggest goal we had coming the season, we didn't have, in my four years, we didn't have a 1,000-yard rusher. I think that was the biggest thing. We were a very air-raid offense my first four years where we threw the ball almost 50 times a game. So we just kind of switched into more balance this year, and we knew coming into the year we wanted, we wanted to really establish that run and establish the physicality of it. And we got to our 1,000-yard rusher. We were hitting our marks on the pancakes totals every – basically weak and just overall like dominating at our, our five positions. So it was always good to see. So we've talked about a lot of changes that have been happening just since the end of the season. You've been invited to the NFL PA bowl. How has that impacted your life? I mean, you're going to get a chance, you know, I th think the one head coach is Marvin Lewis, former Cincinnati Bengals head coach and defensive coordinator with the Raven. I mean, guys, resume speaks for itself jeff fisher yeah. former super bowl coach how's this impacted your life it's going to be the biggest test for me and if it's impacted my 
life essentially and giving me my chance. If I didn't get invited to this game, I wouldn't, I'd still be looked at as like the biggest scouts concern is the level of competition I had. And this gives me my opportunity to go out there and show them that the level of competition doesn't matter. Like I'm still going to go out there and dominate. Do you expect to get an invitation to the scouting combine? As of right now, I'm still under consideration. We actually will find out for sure on the 28th, the day before the uh, NFLPA game is going to happen. So fingers crossed right now. I think it's looking pretty good, but I don't know for sure. Who are you being represented by, Andrew? Who is the agency that signed you? So I'm with the agency Sports Stars, and my direct agent is Dave Butts. Why did you uh, pick them? In the process, I was always going into it. I wanted that that one-on-one personal like experience with the guy, and I wanted to be able to have still have those options with these guys to like provide essentially provide what I need to succeed. And with the sports stars, they're a bigger agency, but they divide their conquer essentially. There's ten agents in the agency, I believe. And Dave, you only took in four guys this year. So that meant I still got that one-on-one experience with him while still getting a big company resources, essentially. All right. Let's talk about some small school offensive linemen that have risen and improved their stock in recent years during these All-Star games, different All-Star games. Ali Marpet was at the Senior Bowl. He was drafted day two by the Bucks. Last year, Quinn Miners, the style, you know, the belly, but his play spoke for itself in Mobile, Alabama last year, and he was drafted by the Broncos on day two. How do those small school offensive linemen inspire you to this day? Really the biggest thing, especially when I saw everything what Quinn was doing last year, because I followed his track a lot going on, it allowed for me to know that this is possible and, like, gives me that confidence boost, like, hey, People make this jump, and I can be one of those dudes, too. Why not me, essentially? Are you going to be sporting that belly at the NFLPA Bowl, or are you going to be sporting that six-pack that you currently have and working towards since you said that you know your body is improving by the minute? Well, ironically, if going back to my freshman year of college, I also was once a belly boy. I always, if it gets hot, I'm rolling that shirt up. I'm, I, I wear that compression shirt, roll the shirt up. So kind of like when my, my shirt might be up at any moment, depending on how hot it is. Obviously, you know, you've been an offensive lineman for a long time. Notoriously, some of the best stories come out of the, that O-line room over the four years. What's the funniest story that, you know, you can repeat here. We're slightly a family show. Just, just keep that in mind. We had a very thick skin room. I feel like if you play offensive line, you got to have some thick skin. You got to be able to take the talking downs and stuff. I think the biggest, the funniest stories always came out when like we would have dudes like slip and fall or just do something like like out of the world dumb, and our coach would just consistently replay it and let everybody just get their laughs out and their jokes out. Other than that, I don't think I can pinpoint really one story that just like really jumps out to me right now is there anything you guys did as a group off the field that might be interesting to our listeners we were a very family group 
from all the way down from the starters to the scout guys, we were all always hanging out. I think the funniest things is when we would uh, like we were always like a weird group. We would always be together, and like at one time we drove all the way down like thirty minutes to go to some pumpkin patch together and walk through the corn maze, just being like goofy, playing like tetherball and stuff like that. Or we always did a uh, bonfires down by the Mississippi River. Those are the two biggest things. Some of our friends falling out of truck, like when we were doing those bonfires, falling out of the truck face down is always funny. But other than that, we were always together. Yeah, as long as you didn't scare any little children in the corn maze, I think that's all good fun, right? So you've talked a lot about your game. You know, we've asked a bunch of questions. But at this point, Andrew, if you were just to give us a uh, scouting report, self-scout yourself, go ahead. Um, I think the biggest thing was would be a long, fat-footed, aggressive, physical offensive lineman that isn't going to stop until the whistle's over. I mean, if that was my one-liner, that would be it. Do you believe that you could play multiple positions on the offensive line? I mean, where do you see yourself? Tackle, guard, maybe take some snaps at center? Where do you see yourself? I for sure see myself playing all any of the five offensive line positions for real i i feel like i'm a very versatile person i learn very well once i get that muscle memory down i can do pretty much anything i want um i did take played guard obviously before in my high school days so i kind of get used to that and i feel like that's a lot easier i see myself starting out as a tackle and if i need to move inside based on that and then i even did play center in one of our games this year just to get that film force uh, scouts to show versatility explain the difference for our listeners in terms of playing tackle and guard what's the biggest difference for you um i think the biggest difference is just the the type of people you go against if you're more at guard you're going to go against the bigger slower kind of dudes you're going to do more power moves stuff like that stop the bull rushes and at tackle you're going to get some of those just dudes who look like they should be playing a receiver or safety or something like that that are just long fast athletic can stop on the dime kind of dude so basically a tackle you're dealing more with the speed the more agility based players on the inside you're looking at more powerful slower dudes who is a player that you like to watch on sunday and who do you model your game after my biggest one and any of my friends will tell you it's true for like the last basically four or five years is taylor lewan I love Taylor Luan, and I think he's he's just a badass out there on the field, and I try to very much model my game after him. But you can't get away from the people like Quentin Nelson and among those guys. Like If they're playing in the NFL, they're pretty good offensive linemen, pretty good athletes. You can't go wrong with most of them. But Taylor Luan, Quentin Nelson, have got to be the two. Taylor Luan is, is a physical player, but he's also a nasty guy out there. Yeah. So you like that part of his game? I, I think football is a nasty game, and you've got to be nasty and physical to get get working and get essentially win and be successful at this league. It's that part of the show where you can do any plugs and tell our listeners your um, social handles. Oh, my social handles on Twitter, it's uh, at rufsich.andrew. Instagram, it's at rupert5577. It's R. U P E R T five five seven seven. I think that's basically 
the social medias I'm on. Well, good luck to you at the NFL PA Bowl that's coming up this week. And awesome. uh, uh, we're definitely going to keep an eye on you. And I hope you get that invitation to the scouting combine. Thank you a lot. I appreciate you guys. It was great that the Kansas City Chiefs are doing their job scouring the backyard for prospects. I'm sure Chiefs Kingdom would love Andrew wearing the red and white. So uh, good luck to him and the rest of his draft prep and good luck in the draft. So that's Alex. I'm Lou. Until next time. Peace.